All right, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Rebel with a Cause. I am your host, Eric, and joining me this evening, the great, the wonderful, the powerful, Pete Quinones. How's it going, buddy? Doing good, man. How are you? Uh, I am doing great, doing pretty good. Uh, I just had two steaks back-to-back, and, uh, you know, that's just going to charge you up and get ready to defeat evil of all sorts. (laughs) Chicken soup for the last two days in a row, so. Oh, no. Yeah. Sick over Christmas. So. Um, you know what? I, I'm 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 sensing a theme here because the last time I had you on, you had like some kind of stomach problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you make me sick, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like oh, I hate to be like the uh, the lowest common denominator on that one, but uh, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah, it's a uh, yeah. So it's been a while uh, since I had you on. The last time uh, you were talking about uh, producing a, a new documentary, and it's actually out now. It's called Over Policed. Yep. Yeah, it's on. Uh, it's on Vimeo. You can uh, go to Vimeo, search Over Policed. It is, I believe, it's three ninety nine to. Um, I believe it's three ninety nine to rent, nine ninety nine to buy there. And yeah. if you try to remember what the promo code is, there is a promo code that I could actually try oh. to help people save some money, but I can't remember what it is. So I'm gonna look it up <laughs> real quick. And uh, yeah, <laughs> hold on. <laughs> That's okay. The, the, my whole brand is doing live show prep. It's all good. <clears throat> oh, while you're doing, while we're yeah, while mm-hmm. we're doing this, yeah, it'd be great. Uh, let's see what we got. What we got? (laughs) Of course, of course. I I don't have a. uh, It's PQS two zero two three. So PQS twenty two thousand twenty three. All lower, all lowercase, and uh, you'll get twenty five percent off if you use that. If you want to check it out, nice. Nice. Uh, well, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, do the do the trailer then, and kind of show everybody what I'm talking sure. about. I do have the uh, the Vimeo link down below in the show notes, so if you guys okay. are hunting and pecking for it, you can go that far, and uh, it'll take you right to it. So let's uh, give it a look here. I remember one of my partners, one of the rookie officers, and I graduated from the academy. He was telling me, "You're going to like working with Bill." He's killed eight people. Damn. What's the job of a police officer stripped to bare bones? It's to protect life and property. It's to enforce laws. If you embrace a mentality that the people are the enemy, you've lost what it means to be a police officer in a free and democratic society. The officers involved in the killing of George Floyd had had implicit bias training, de-escalation training, body cameras. None of that made any difference. Politicians will promise change. There will be some very minuscule legislation that they throw out there. And over a course of time, usually a few months, the protests go away and people forget about it. A lot of grants have gone from the federal government to local police departments, pushing them towards federal priorities, such as drug enforcement. If you look at the actions of the organization, what do you spend your time doing? What do you not spend your time doing? Where does your money go? Where does it not go? It will show you what their intentions are. My son would be alive today if that officer would have said one word before shooting. 
Every human being is a person's family member. Instead of looking at them as a threat, remember that violence is the actual only threat. And you should look at them as the person worthy of protecting, even if it's protecting them from themselves. It's time that we have an honest-to-God conversation about the police becoming truly a part of and not a part from the community. Damn. How could you not want to watch that after seeing that? It's um, interesting. So the first person you see in that is uh, officer, former officer Salazar. Um, yeah. He was he was LAPD. He was new ran with all the guys, the Rampart guys, the guys who were doing. And the Rampart dual. division of LAPD is infamous. Oh, yeah. They did hits. They did hits for money. They were dealing yeah. drugs. They would rob drug dealers, sell drug dealers. The TV show The Shield was originally supposed to be called Rampart. Yeah. Based on based on the Rampart guys. Then you see um, former police chief Stamper from Seattle from the 1999 G20 riots. I mean, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, movies have been made about those riots. Um, then Pat Watson, who a lot of people know, a lot yeah. of people in, in our circles have interviewed. And, you know, he no one can explain just exactly how much of a bureaucracy policing is uh, better than him. I mean, yeah, uh, I think no, we it's both... almost like he should write a book about it or something. Yeah, he wrote this yeah. book. What was it called? Fuck bureaucracy. Fuck bureaucracy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's. um, Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we need police but we need police that work for us. And the yeah. problem is, is that yet when you have a bureaucracy, they work for anybody, but who they're supposed to work for. So yeah. how do you fix that? And that's the question. And, um, you know, hopefully we provide a few solutions, uh, but on the, for the most part, I think people, people, most people's solutions they have are not workable. Yeah, And if you do provide solutions within the system, they'll probably work for a year and then get to get taken over. So, yeah, what do you really what do you do? Yeah, it's a it's one of those things that you can we can come up with uh, all different kinds of solutions just like off the top of our heads, because we're we've been dealing with this subject for years at this point, And we keep saying and we keep harping on it. It's like, look, the training is bad. Uh, the laws that they're enforcing are terrible uh, a lot of stuff has got to change but even if we did like a few tweaks here and there like you said like within months or a year they'll have already figured out a way to get around it their police unions will you know their lawyers will look at any kind of policy and just like oh well we can do this but we can't exactly do that yeah one of the um and the problem is is that there are still people especially out there on the right i mean you know, it's amazing through COVID how many people on the left were defending the police who, you know, oh, all yeah. the, and, and then through Trump became like federal police supporters, FBI supporters, international, yeah. you know, fiend supporters, CIA supporters. But it's amazing how many people on the right who, you know, really supposed to know better saw 2020 and they kind of woke up to the fact that, you know, 
the police were enforcing lockdowns and right. they were they were standing down during BLM riots. Yeah. And it's amazing how many people on the right will still make excuses for them. But I don't I don't really think it's amazing because how many times have you ever personally sat down with somebody, somebody who doesn't think like we do, and you explain something to them? You get them to say, yes, I understand. Yeah, that has to change. And then a week later, you talk to them and it's just they're right back to the same old way. of thinking. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's it, people change when they want to. People are going to change on, at their own time. You know, it's like um, it's like uh, evangelism. People go out there and they <laughs> evangelize and they wonder why they can't bring all these people to Christ. And then, you know. Because I guess they're not reading the Bible and saying that, you know, it's not your you're not the one doing the work. It's the Holy right. Spirit doing the work, you know, um, and then there and when it comes to politics and um, Thomas seven, seven, seven and I have been talking about this recently is that, you know, to most people, politics is mysterious. Yeah. It's, you know, especially in Europe, Euro- Europeans classically look at politics as you know, as a mystery. And I guess because Americans, you know, they're so much smarter than everyone else and they need to <laughs> prove that, you know, they have politics all figured out. You know, it's like, yeah. well, I mean, I believe this. Why doesn't the other side believe that? Well, <laughs> I a, a perfectly acceptable answer is I don't know. It's yeah. a mystery. Yeah, yeah but uh, people can't bring themselves to do the uh, the I don't know answer. It's very rare. You know, I've, uh, I actually had somebody on, uh, on Facebook. I can't believe they, I still have an account on Facebook. They, they took, a, they took away my big one that had almost 5,000, uh, right. 15,000 followers and 5,000 friends. But I have the old one that I started years and years ago. And, uh, somebody the other day was saying, this is somebody, a libertarian. And I'm, I'm talking about a libertarian that has had, still has in their profile pic like they support Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohn. And they were telling me this idiot, this moron, this absolute friggin' mouth breather is telling me, and he's a lawyer, so you know you know he's oh, all of those. Yeah. Um is telling me that the only way that we can change the system is we have to get rank choice rank choice voting passed in all 50 states and then people yeah. can people will go sure. in there and they'll vote libertarian straight down the line I, I challenge anybody who thinks that just go out to a public place somewhere and just ask random people on the street if they know what ranked choice voting is <laughs> <laughs> they're either going to give you it. a dumb look <laughs> they do it here in alabama i mean yeah when i vote i mean, i hadn't voted since 2008 and i decided i was going to vote this year and um, just for the hell of it, basically, also, you know, really mostly for the experience, you know, to see exactly yeah. how they were doing it. And I was very shocked that even in this town that has you know, a good amount of people in it. I mean, it's not Atlanta, but it's a, you know, it's a right. pretty big town for Alabama. Um, or, or let me say it's not Birmingham. I used to live in Atlanta, so I always default to that. Um, how very fast in and out I got. But I think yeah. it got in and out because they have ranked choice voting. You just go, okay, I want to vote everyone Republican or everyone yeah. Democrat. You circle one thing and you look at the propositions, you fill in the propositions, feed it into the machine, and you're like, 
Yeah. Peace. See, see, when I go, I, it's all, I'm always looking for like tax, uh, new taxes. I've always voted no against yeah. new taxes. Uh, if they're doing like any kind of like appropriations for stuff, it's, it's always going to be no, like politicians. I don't really vote for them. It's like, yeah. I, I was like, I've talked to that guy that I know that guy's an idiot, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I've always gone in there just kind of do like a little defensive, you know, I'm just going to vote no on all your new taxes and you know, any tax increase, new taxes, all of that stuff gets a automatic no. Sure. I just think that, um, if you were to compare the, the Republicans that run in Alabama to the Democrats that run in Alabama, oh. it's probably a wider, you remember how, when DeSantis ran and won in 2018, he ran against a gay black crackhead. Yeah. Um, that's pretty, that, that's pretty much like every Democrat in, who runs in Alabama. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, all right, I'll take, I'll, I'll take my chances with the friggin', you know, with the ones that are in bed with the, um, w you know, with the GOP machine over the, you know, the, yeah the, the black crackhead that, you, you know, that you, <laughs> gay black crackhead, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. At least, you know, if you vote for the, um, for the one that's in bed with the machine, you know exactly what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no mystery, real mystery to it. See, over here in Louisiana, like all of the Democrats, they're like uh, criminal defense attorneys, which you would think you fight the government literally for your job, and you're a Democrat. I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, someone told me uh, a, a while ago that um, lawyers, most lawyers were Democrats, most doctors a lot of doctors were Republicans. That yeah. was like 20 years ago. And it even seemed, you know, I had at the time it was like my lawyer was Jewish and my, my doctor, well, two of my doctors were Jewish and the, the lawyer was a Democrat and both doctors were Republicans and Republican activists. And yeah. I was like, that's really interesting. I don't know if it would be the same now. I mean, it just, you know, I, I went to the doctor recently. I didn't bother asking cause it's just, I don't want to get into a conversation with people anymore oh, yeah. because yeah. now I get into, con you know, I, I, it's much different than, than p political conversations I got into before COVID before COVID. I just feel like, ah, this is all, <laughs> this is all a joke. And then I'm, and now it's just like, you, you get into a conversation with me. They want to call the FBI. So, oh yeah. 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 You know, so yeah. I had something like that recently. I went in cause my shoulder hurts. Uh, and I was talking to the guy and, for some reason or another, I had to go get another, a different general practitioner, like the, the first person you're supposed to see before they refer you to anybody else. Right. So he, he was like, uh, well, uh, yeah, we'll have to go give you an x-ray downstairs for that. And we're going to do like a full blood workup. Uh, so you have to check your cholesterol and everything. And I just kind of was like, wait, check what? I was like, I wasn't fasted today. Yeah. Aren't I supposed yeah. to fast for that kind of test? Yeah, that was... Like, was yeah. They did the same thing with me. And and I'm like, and then they come back to me. They're like, oh, well, you know, your cholesterol is high. I'm like, my cholesterol is always high. And then I go take a count, yeah. you know, a, a scoring test on my heart and it comes back with zero plaque and everything like that. I'm like, yeah, right, so you're so at I'm, no, I'm literally no risk for heart disease. Yeah. And it's, and yeah, they're, but they're like, well, you, you're, you could, you are approaching what could be diabetic levels. I'm like, all right, I'll just cut back my drinking. That's it. Yeah, there you go. I'm not a sugar. I'm not a sugar person. I, I don't. I'm yeah. 
the savory. I mean, the reason my cholesterol is so high is because I'll just sit here with with a salt shaker and be like this. You know? <laughs> I wouldn't do. I could do that with sugar for a second. I'd be choking. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I've kicked sugar and grains and everything back in 2016. Never felt better. It's actually improved my Hashimoto's, which which I have thyroid condition. And it's like now, like I've like tried to cheat with like getting a, a Coke, like even a Mexican Coke that uses the cane sugar and everything. Mm-hmm. And I got to spit it out. It just tastes like chemical soup to me. So. Well, the um, I'm not a big Coke drinker, but um, and this is I, I've tried to people have told me recently I have a, a kidney stone, you know, and I'm going through this and I'm going through that. And the last time I really went on a Coke binge, it was my coca-cola binge um (laughs) the um i had a kidney stone and my chiropractor's like go home get a get a two liter of coke classic and sit there and drink it in one sitting he said i I can't he's like i can't guarantee it's going to get rid of the stone but the acid should be able to um neutralize the sharp sharp parts of the stone and it actually i've told people this it was diagnosed with a um, <laughs> it, it was diagnosed an eight millimeter stone okay. and it disintegrated the stone. Nice. I never passed the stone and it was gone when I did that. <laughs> I, ha- I had one a long time ago that I passed and the, uh, the doctor was like, you know, cause I brought it in. So then he goes like, is this, is this a kidney stone? Cause I was still like in my twenties and I didn't really know what the hell this green rock was that just came out of my system. He was oh. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a nice little kidney stone. It's about the size of a cocoa puff. I was like, interesting comparison. Yeah. It's <laughs> somehow not as soft. Definitely not as soft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Tyler Yankee's already on his bullshit. He said he's going to clip that. So I have no idea what he's referring to. So probably about my Coke <laughs> reference. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the documentary it was like the one person that kind of stuck out uh, from the uh, from the trailer at least was seeing Pat Watson from Uncensored Tactical on there and uh, got to hang out with him a little bit at uh, Childerberg. My dog was uh, really looking forward to meeting Arrow, and I could see on Pat's face like, "Please don't bring your dog over here." <laughs> I think I think Arrow's gonna gonna kill her or something. Well, he he. T- he basically said, maybe you don't want to come over here. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Pat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he was kind of a fun guy. But, uh, yeah, watching him, like, run around all over Childerberg, and he had Arrow climbing a tree at one point. And I was like, I was just looking. I was like, that's kind of unnecessary, but okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, Pat's, um, we've done many. We've done many episodes just talking about just how – policing can't work in the way it uh in the way it uh the way it works this year i mean the way it works and i don't know what the answer is you know it's like i've gotten to the point where yeah if you're you know i i you know when it comes to politics altogether i'm like local politics is the only way and um the only way national politics is going to work is if i have if my friends are actually running the government and yeah. um that's what i've been talking about. a lot about the uh, the friend enemy distinction yeah yeah and you know my um that's the way i feel about the police now is or you know is like or how do how do you make the police work well they're your friend you know they're your friends i mean you hear i mean what was the last was it um i forget who it was that whose book i was reading you have the right to remain innocent professor i can't remember what his name is 
And was he the one that did the the talk about don't talk to the police? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah, remember. Yeah. I can't remember what his name is. I read the book. It's just I've read so many books, I can't remember the author's names. And you know, he he always says before every lecture is there a a, um, a relative of a police officer in the in the room and. Um, you see, yes, it says, has your rel- does your relative, who's a police officer, tell you not to talk to the police? And they all go without, without yeah. a doubt, without a question, say, no, we are not allowed. If anything happens, we have pulled over. To, we are not allowed to talk to the police. Yeah. And, you know, that just tells you they're not your friends. But, you know, yeah. if, they're my, if they're your friends, then like that yeah. relative there, you would know how to hit. You know, things would be on your things would be in your favor. But yeah. just the whole the way the whole system is designed, it's not designed to um, to serve yeah. us. It's, it's designed to serve them. Yeah. And even on like the low end, if you have buddies that became cops like from high school and stuff, I, I've driven through a town once and got pulled over for, for speeding. And once the cop got out, recognized who I was, he's like, oh, man, uh, slow down through here because we my partner on the other side of this road is an asshole. He will write you a ticket, but just kind of slow down, you know, and then just walk away. Yeah, the. Yeah, and I've, I've I delineate between the two. I mean, if you live in a small town, um, you went. There's a good chance if it's a small police department, it's a good chance that you went to to school with them, or they went to school with your dad, or they went to school with your yeah. with your children, things like that. And um, it's a different story, you know. But unfortunately, the closer you get to cities, and oh, yeah, you don't even, you don't even have to live in a city to experience this all you have to do is be driving through one and they will make they use a term i've actually had a cop use this term to my face <laughs> say i'm gonna make a project out of you oh yeah 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 you know and they you know and then i've had rayford davis on the show one of the probably my first interview ever and he said um that's a name i you, haven't heard in a long time rayford yeah. davis the la- I mean, the last time I talked to him was here was in Atlanta. We were actually having a meal. And then, yeah, you know, he's basically stepped off. You know, he's stepped out of the limelight and working on working on his family. And that's yeah. no, <laughs> but, that's that's yeah. that's the most important stuff. Yeah. But he you know, he told me that he you know, he explained the term building the stop to me, you know, that when they stop you for, you know, speeding or something else, they're yeah, going to be looking, looking for whatever yeah. they can find. You know, to build that stuff. Yeah, at my current job, there's a guy that works with us part time, but he's also a Baton Rouge city police officer. And uh, yeah, he'll even say it was like, no, once I got you pulled over, you know, then I'm gonna gonna look through the book and see what else I can tack on there. Because yeah. it looks better for me if I, you know, bring this ticket in that's got like five things written on it. Yeah, I mean, and. What can you do? You're you're at their mercy. You know, they yeah. they're you could both have a gun, but they're the only one that has any perceived legitimacy. You know, in yeah. in three days, we're going to have constitutional official, official official constitutional carry in Alabama. And how many people have just been carrying regardless? <laughs> <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I would never do that. Yeah, de- um, definitely doesn't happen over here in Louisiana either. Let me tell you, <laughs> I would never do that. But the um, the you know it's well, okay. So now 
cops were going to be you think cops are going to be pulled over uh when cops pull someone over that's not going to be on their mind yeah you know and you know it's all it also shows um you know how how much police believe 100 percent in that second amendment you know i used to i used to be on there's a huge gun website in georgia it's called outdoor trader and a lot of cops on there a lot of cops on there Oh, yeah, yeah. And they'll and they're you know, you'll meet meet up to them to buy a gun from them, trade a gun from them, maybe some accessories or something like that. And they're the nicest guys. I'll tell you, hey, you know, get out there and, you know, make sure that you're you're trained up and you know what you're doing, because when seconds account, when seconds count, I'm going to be minutes away. You know, yeah, you need to take you need to take care of business yourself. And then, of course, if you go to criticize uh, cops on the website, they'll immediately they'll say, call a crackhead. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, kind of like our that, state senator uh, Kennedy over here actually put that in one of his commercials. Did he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The um, but when you look at the um, so these, what is the first thing a cop want to want to know when you, they pull you over? Do you have a gun? They don't care if it's legal. It's legal for you to carry it. It's yeah. legal for you to have it in your car. They want to know if you have a gun. They do not. None of them believe in the Second Amendment, no matter what they say. They don't believe oh, yeah. in it at all. And, you know, if the ATF comes to town and they want to take someone's guns away and they help them, I mean, they prove that they don't believe in the Second Amendment. Yeah, so. Duncan Lemp should be a uh, shining example for everybody. Yeah, well, wish we could have got that. Wish we could have got him in the documentary and talked about him. But most of that documentary was shot, was really shot and written. Well, it was written before, so uh, should have done a rewrite with that. But you know, yeah, more material for the next one, I guess. Yeah, I'm done <laughs> with the cops. I want to. <laughs> if we're going to do documentaries from now on, I want them to be um, start getting into some political theory and things like that. <laughs> Maybe where uh, Burnham makes a makes an appearance from time to time. I'd love to do a documentary on Carl Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> That's another good one. Yeah. Yeah. The um that would be great because um not only what's funny is when you read Paul Gottfried's uh textbook on Schmidt, the one he uses for cl- uh, he used for class, um he um he mentions that not only the right is discovering Schmidt but the left is to- discovering Schmidt. That's that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder what they're doing with that. It's kind of like when the right finally actually picked up Saul Alinsky's book and we're starting to employ it a little bit. You're like, oh, this was the guy that you decried as a commie all these years. Why are you you reading his book now? I think what's funny is I think that that was the the last episode, possibly the last episode of my podcast of 2021 was Buck and I talking about Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Yeah. And this year, my last episode is going to be myself in Dark Enlightenment reading from Race War in High School. (laughs) 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 But um, uh, Tyler just said um, in his review of my show, he played a clip from my interview with with Rayford, and it was my first ever interview episode 20. So, yeah, thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. 
Yeah, Tyler's a great guy. Uh, I had him on the show, and we we talked about a whole bunch of stuff. And uh, it, it, it's really kind of funny to me because some of these some of these guys I never met in like real life, and they was like, "Oh man, I feel like you've been friends with you for like ten years." And I was like, "Yeah, that's kind of what I'm going for here." <laughs> yeah, it's it's really weird for to me that this year I was finally able to meet a bunch of people in real life that I had never met, like you, yeah, Car Car Campit and Pat people like that yeah but there's still somebody that like that i've been talking to for years and years that i still have not met in person like mark claire yeah <laughs> so yeah I'm gonna try I'm gonna try and fix that in the new year <laughs> yeah the only time i've ever seen mark actually in person was at the 2018 libertarian national convention and i just kind of like walked by him and i kind of pointed at him was like oh that's mark you know <laughs> it's like i recognized him that was about it but yeah i mean going out to uh tom woods event uh hanging out with you and rollo and uh slappy uh i still have to give thanks to slappy because he gave me a, a, a cigar and he didn't have to and it was it was exquisite but uh yeah, and then hanging out with all the Tower Gang guys uh, out there in the hallway uh, while Tom's show was going on was also kind of crazy. Uh, and then, you know, Childerberg, where we all kind of come together, a whole bunch of internet weirdos meet up in a place. So, Yeah, Chili was, uh, it, it was nice to see people there. Yeah. yeah. And then, well, I guess, yeah, that, and I guess you and I met for the first time in 2021. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, going to try, going to do Chili again this year planning to do childerberg again this yeah, year so uh, that was um, benzo barbie's question if she was if you were going to do childerberg i think it uh, definitely and it looks like um we're probably going to make like a week of it like leave a little bit early we'll drive and like drive nice. and maybe like go to stop in lafayette because lafayette would be the um, the <laughs> midpoint between here and there for us yeah you know and, and spend a day in lafayette or something like that and then head on over yeah, if you're gonna do uh, Lafayette, uh, I can recommend uh, Prejeans for actual Cajun food. So, Prejeans. Yeah, Prejeans. It's really, really good. Real Cajun food. Cool. Right. Write that down. Yep. And of course, I'll be at Childerberg because I am the official spokesweasel for uh, Childerberg. So. <laughs> I was going by the unofficial spokesweasel for a long time. And then Jake said, no, you're the official spokesweasel from now on. And I was like, okay, great. I'll, I'll wear the title with pride. <laughs> well, the one thing that the, the only thing about Childerberg is, is that I'm definitely going to do what I did last year. And that is get, <laughs> get an Airbnb. Yes. Yes. I, uh, apparently I picked my first year for Childerberg to be the hottest year I mean, it was, it was literally, we were sitting there at one point, and I think it was 105 degrees. Yeah, and the thing was, the wind was moving the entire time, but it was like yeah. standing in front of a hairdryer. Yeah, it was. But I mean, the wind, I mean, if the wind wasn't there, though, I don't know if it would have been tolerable. Yeah. I, I think the wind made it tolerable because you just got a little bit of that, a little bit of coolness off of the Colorado, just enough to make right. it so that you just weren't absolutely dying you know it's like i remember um b coming up to me and just like begging me can you bring me eye drops can you bring me eye drops <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like i don't know where to find eye drops <laughs> I'll, I'll have to make a mental note of that and bring that along with the uh the childerberg first aid kit i guess <laughs> But yeah, it was it was so crazy because it was hot and it was dry. I think it was like the humidity was like in the low teens or something like that. It was pretty ridiculous. 
Yeah, on the last day after everyone had left, and after I, I stayed there till the last, till with Bird until like the last person left because I wasn't leaving until the next day, and then I went back to my uh, my Air, my Airbnb, cranked the AC all the way up, and just sat there in the living room, just like ah, oh, I'm just gonna <laughs> stay here and write for the rest of the day. Then I get the call. Scott Horton pulls up in his boat. Hey, where is everybody? Like, dude, it is a hundred degrees out there. Everyone's gone. He's like, yeah, oh, you're a bunch of pussies. I'm like, you went to the Libertarian National Convention instead of coming here, and you're calling people pussies? Come on, stop. And, and, and what were we going to do? Just listen to you yell at your boat for, for thirty minutes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, that's very. That, that's very inside baseball. <laughs> Yeah, it was like the the Childerberg uh, before last. Uh, you know, when Scott was over there by the tree, just holding court, it was like that dominated the conversation for a good hour. It was him complaining about his boat. <laughs> uh, and and this year, pretty much the conversation was everybody complaining about the heat. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, uh, except for Buck Johnson and Matt Erickson, who were really oh, smart yeah. and brought themselves an RV that had air conditioning in it. <laughs> yeah. And and you know what? It still was not that great in there. It wasn't as cold as it could it should have been. <laughs> yeah, it was like a little bit of a break. Not yeah. by much. Yeah, about but, the only good thing was at night, right about nine o'clock, like the temperature dipped down into like yeah. the uh the low seventies and everything it was pretty nice. I was like, Oh, Finley. <laughs> but I was you know, I'm gonna repeat what I did last year was I got one of those um one of those Airbnb, one of those houses that overlook the the river. Nice. So every morning I got my coffee, I went out on the deck and just sat there and sat over the Colorado and would take pictures and you know, would take a picture down the river and post it on, on social media and be like, ah, Texas. <laughs> and up there it was nice enough and it was early enough. and the, But the wind, it was like, you're there with your coffee, holding your coffee like this. Yeah, because it was, was going like to blow a, out of the cup. Yeah. Yeah, or well, or your every friggin' bug or anything was oh, gonna yeah, blow yeah. right into it, and <laughs> and leaves everywhere. So. Yeah, because at that point the bugs are like, oh, moisture, <laughs> some kind of liquid out here. Uh, looks like you're getting hit with spam. Oh yes, of course. Yeah. I love spam. Spam, 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 spam. I mean, it looks like you, you had a, even a spam comment earlier from God. I don't know where is that Reddit? No, it's actually Twitch because, you know, I'm I'm cool and hip and I get to go on the gaming site. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I saw that question and I'm just like, yeah, that looks uh, retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if an 18 year old is uh, dating a 14 year old, I would just say let the parents work that one out. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really. Yeah. If, if if I don't know them, I mean, it's, I don't know. It's like, what, what, what if I my do? classmates are dating? One is 18. The boyfriend is 14. What happens? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's the question. So, all right, let's, let's entertain this retardation. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if my classmates are dating? One is 18. The boyfriend is 14. I'll put it. What happens? Yeah. What, what happens? Um, who can possibly answer that question yeah. what happens is it a riddle i mean it's like literally it's written like a riddle like okay so it here's 
here's some information. Here's some yeah. other information. Okay, what happens? It's like it's like okay. So if you take sodium bicarbonate and you mix it with what happens? Uh, are these gamers? Is is I, this the is this the best they have to offer? I I, I really don't know. It's it's kind of a it's it's an odd question. It's it's almost like you're getting set up because if you don't say the thing that they're looking for, then it's a game of gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, yeah. I'm going to clip that and share it all over the place. Yeah, well, and the boyfriend is 14. So the girlfriend is, that, is 18. So the girlfriend's 18 and the boyfriend is 14. Yeah, that's, that is exactly what it says. One is 18, the boyfriend is 14. I, well, I'm, I, I have the answer. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a, it's just a, it's an odd question. It's like, it, is well, this I mean, what this is what civilization barrels down to? Is if we don't answer this question correctly, we all die. And it's like English. It's like English is a second language because I mean, can I buy a can I buy a, a sentence? I mean, can I buy a period, a question mark, a capital letter somewhere? Tyler has an excellent point. Let's talk about the 14 and 18 year olds in the same class. <laughs> this is that. So I have classmates. Well, classmates could mean some people have used classmate in the past to be anyone in the school. It doesn't make any sense. I know, right. but it could be in the same school. And well, I mean, if it's an inner city school, 14 and 18 in the same class, not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I mean, I graduated high school from Walker, Louisiana. Let me tell you, there was some. There was a dude in there who was in his twenties as a senior. So, oh, there, it, I mean, I possible. remember when when I was in seventh grade. So seventh grade, I was fourteen. Oh no, I was no, I was twelve because I went to school early. So I yeah. was like twelve. There was an eighteen-year-old in, in seventh grade. Nice. So nice. Yeah. He's just out there shaving. Yeah, it was a, it was a female. I think, I, I think, I think she was a um, three-time parent. That's, you know, she had three kids. That's why she was. Uh, uh, yeah, is everyone that wants to bring up like the the teen pregnancy thing? I went to high school with a chick who had two kids while she was in high school. She still graduated on time, and with like a three point six GPA. Yeah. There's literally no excuse. <laughs> okay, so. We actually have someone who took this seriously. Um, oh, yeah, Benzo. As a woman, I never let my 18-year-old son date a 14-year-old girl. But my issue is what does an 18-year-old female want with a 14-year-old boy? It's See, like I said, the parents need to be involved. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, what is... You, know, you have these 30 year old teachers who, you know, oh, wanting to bang, yeah, wanting to bang, you know, friggin' high school boys. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a 30 year old woman, and I, that never happened to me in high school. So, yeah, as much as I would want to say it never happened to me, I did have a 25 a year old uh, teacher that was uh, heavily, heavily flirting with, with a 16 year old me. So, I, I know it does happen. I know nothing ever came from it. It was always like, uh, this is a scary situation. I just now found myself in. 
Well, I went to all boys high schools, so it was if, if there was a hot female teacher in the school, we I remember we had one who one teacher had to take like two weeks off, so they brought like some hot female teacher in to cover oh, for two weeks. Can't have a hot substitute. No one had no one had any. It was just ridiculous for two weeks. Come on. Yeah, all you can't have a hot school. substitute. That's just yeah, that's just, just terror. <laughs> It's, it's like, why would you guys do this? It's like, who's, who, who's, first of all, whose idea was this? Second of all, whose girlfriend is this? Come on. You know that the, <laughs> the, 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 one of the lay teachers who's working there, this is his girlfriend or something yeah. like that, because the priests were not, would not have let this happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she's got a follow up here. Uh, we know why that is. They're pedos. A grown ass woman has no business with a child, especially since by and large females mature much quicker. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. You can always can you can always count on the um, the comments in a live stream to entertain. That's for sure. Yeah, they're either going to lead us down this path of what did I just read versus hey, I have a whole bunch of followers, and you know, if you just pay me money, <laughs> if you, yeah. It, it's YouTube was getting so bad for a while with the um, oh the porn bots the were porn, just terrible. The porn bots were just insane. It was like, oh, yeah. what the hell's going on here? Yeah, and then and then they want to, and of course YouTube is like if you want to mention anything about um, election integrity or you know. <laughs> COVID and te- you know COVID integrity. Yeah, sure, you get your channel suspended and everything like that. Oh yeah, Just yeah, yeah. let the porn flow free, guys. <laughs> yeah, there's uh there's yoga videos on YouTube uh, where the chicks are completely naked, and uh, you can get your degree in gynecology just right there, just watching a five minute yoga video. So, I, I'm not gonna go look for that. I don't need. I don't want to. I don't need to. But right. it always seems. It always seems to me like. They're just not the ones that you want to see doing that. <laughs> it's like, oh, Lizzo's doing naked and nude yoga. That's great. Let's check that out. There, there's a goat in there for some strange reason. Well, a lot of yeah. people think Lizzo is the goat, so <laughs> which is uh, kind of insane. I, I've tried to listen to her music, and I was like. It's like even for like rap and hip hop, this is not good. I didn't even realize she was. That just lets you know I have, I had no clue that she was a a, a performer. I I don't know what I thought she was. <laughs> I figured she was just like a Kim Kardashian. No one really knows what she does. <laughs> well, Kim Kardashian, as we all know, is just famous from getting out of a car and walking into a store. Yeah, well, I mean, much there, all she's famous for. There was that porn video years ago that her mother was so proud of. I mean, how did we how do we not know that we were how do we not know that, you know, 17 years ago, pedophilia wasn't going to be normalized? Uh, yeah. 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 It's like, oh, my daughter just had sex with a mid tier rapper from the early 2000s. Let me just look. Put Let's this get all that, up over the internet. Yeah, we need to get that video out, you know, and then a couple years later, you have, oh, we have to have this push for gay marriage. No one wants gay marriage. Okay, so Supreme Court will just pa- pass gay marriage. I guess the Supreme Court will be passing 
12 year old age of consent soon too because that's what people want right i mean let's not forget yeah. what, what the court the court that passed the original rogue case what they were was it seven conservatives yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like let's get the age of consent down to 12 uh you know again like it was in the 1800s because apparently yeah. we're doing horseshoe again <laughs> Well, <laughs> the, the argument, yeah, people ask, oh, how could how could a 13 how, how, how did a 13 year old girl get married in the 17 or 1800s? Like, well, a 10 year old girl could run a farm <laughs> in, in the 1800s. Yeah, you want to talk about maturing early. Yeah, know, these kids were like doing adult shit, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they knew how, they actually knew how to do things that most adults alive now can't do. Or, yeah. it, you know, it would take them forever to learn how to do and they just grew up doing these things. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. Most most 30 year olds I talk to now probably shouldn't be having sex because they're friggin morons. So. Oh, yeah. And you, you hear this on Legal Man show all the time uh, talking about the mutant creatures out there on, uh, you know, motor scooters at the Walmart and everything. <laughs> he always gets me to crack up with that. And it's like and you talk to him and it's like you can just tell government education just completely failed him. <laughs> uh, I mean, cause then we get questions like we had from, uh, from Twitch earlier. So it's, you know, and it's really weird because you Walmart is always held up as the example of just like the worst of the worst. And, um, I've actually lived in areas where the Walmarts were really nice and it's just so odd, you know, because yeah, there's a few it, of them around here that are a little bit more upscale, I guess. But yeah, so there's two within there's one within 15 minutes of me, one within 10 minutes of me, one within 10 minutes of me is exactly what you would expect out of a Walmart. Right. The one 15 minutes for me is a lot more upscale. It's just yeah. completely opposite directions of town, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I kind of call it the uh, the proximity to Target is how good that Walmart's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, is I remember um, someone someone I know used to say, you know, Target's just uh, you know a little higher class Walmart, and I'm like, is it though? Is, is it, it? <laughs> really? Especially the one over here in Baton Rouge, man. It is like one mom central. Wine mom central. Oh, oh my god, it's like wine mom depot. You walk in there. And there are chicks like in the skimpiest yoga uh, yoga pants possible, not leaving too much to the imagination. You're like walking around. I was like, I should be in here more often. <laughs> it's just mid afternoon drunks. <laughs> yeah, pretty much the same ones that get up on uh, TikTok and uh, and Instagram, and they all all got to talk about uh, shuffling their kids off to the state you know, first day of school and then they got to show themselves in the bubble bath. It was like, okay, I, I got it. You hate your kids. So it's okay. I didn't even know that was a thing, but it, um, it makes, it makes sense. I mean, and people want attention for everything, you know? So, Oh yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah. It's um, the whole thing about how you can, you can have a podcast where you're reading, you know, great pieces of literature and you know no one listens to it and then um you just get get a, a couple of idiotic friggin drunk women uh, and it's just just you know w one is basically a, a trip to school and the other one's bread and circuses and not even bread and circuses more like um and 
and state empire bread and circuses. You know? <laughs> so I, I took my kid to school and now I'm getting into a bubble bath. So, yeah, yeah I mean, and TikTok is absolutely really, you know, they should have known how popular it was going to be when you consider, you know, people's attention spans nowadays. Oh, yeah. Because if you just do the, if you have the short, you know, I've had people be like, yeah, you should do like, you know, 30 second clips on TikTok and it'll help. And I'm like, yeah, Look. my soul <laughs> is not for sale. Correct. Um, it's, yeah, I, no, I, I, I downloaded TikTok onto my phone for, um, and it lasted about two days. And it was just like, I mean, I went on there. I was following one person, a friend of mine. Yeah. And I, just the recommendations that I was getting were so idiotic, inane. Yeah. I, I, I was just like, how would I, I get the idea that it's a bunch of people with subnormal IQs. So like I would say 80 to 85 IQs who go on there to watch videos of people they think are dumber than them. Dunning-Kruger is in full effect. Yeah. And sure. if that's actually true, then the people who are making the videos are below 80. Yeah. And um, just think the, uh, the movie idiocracy when he's not, I watched that again recently. It's hard to watch it again. It's well, here's the thing is so hard. I hadn't watched it in about 10 years and I'm, it's not funny anymore. Yeah. It, it, I, I didn't laugh. It was, it, it was more like I'm watching sort of a documentary. It was, like I yeah. said, it was really hard to go back through and watch. It was like, oh yeah, you know, Supreme Beef and Camacho, you know, <laughs> you said they're watching it and it's like, oh yeah, this, this hurts. I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. There was some, there, there was something that just really bothered me about it because yeah, I mean, I'm, I know I'm not the most intelligent person on the planet, not even close, but there was just something that, that hurt about it. Yeah. It's like, it was, it, it's just like, okay, I'm now I'm in pain because yeah. I watched this. And, Especially when it got to the doctor saying, it goes, well, you know, the computer says your shit's all fucked up. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I mean, and, and we're not that far from doctors having to talk to people like that. Even people, even people who may still be smart, they just may have to dumb down their language that much. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure anyone, anyone of any, um, any bit of intelligence has had to dumb themselves down for people, especially in public. And you're, oh, yeah, for sure. You start to realize that what the hell, man? Yeah. Oh, goody. Sharon. Sharon's here. She says, Pete, you're alive. Shannon. Shannon. No, that's Sharon. That, that's. <laughs> I guess that's better than Karen. Yeah, very true. Um, I oh, guess see, that's giving you all the love. I guess uh, maybe that's maybe that's in response to the fact that um, 
I sent out a sub stack today saying that I was just dying. <laughs> I just I went to a I went to a Christmas party and um and there was a sick kid there and I just wasn't about to um allow you know, oh, I'm going to turn around and leave because someone's sick here. I'm, give me a mask to wear or something like that. Oh, and I got sick, but it was I'm basically over it. I mean, like, I'm about 90%. Still have a cough every once in a while. Back, you ever get the, you ever so sick when you your cough, your back hurts? Uh, Dude, <laughs> I got something in uh, 2008. And it was so bad that I had to actually hold a pillow over my chest to cough because the muscles in my chest were like aching. Like you couldn't even sit up straight. It was, it was bad. She says she loves when my sub stacks are packed with F bombs. It makes her giggle in the morning. Yeah. It's the best. Normally it's the best. I I just can't. It's when I'm just like, Sometimes, and I really shouldn't do this, is I only am compelled to write when I'm, like, really friggin' upset. Yeah. And I'm just like, you have no idea how many sub stacks I actually do write that I get, I finish them, I put them over into editor. Yeah. Check and just make, just make sure that I haven't done it, misspellings or anything like that. And then I put it back in before I send it to my editor. And... I look and I'm like, it's a little bit too angry. All right. Take the F-bombs. Out. <laughs> yeah, Take the curses out. I mean, literally every single one would have curses in it. But it's just, you know, it's like uh, it's, this one was, I mean, when I wrote this, I was still in pain. So it was like, yeah, it was the the F-bombs were there. They were going to stay. <laughs> That's Pete Peak for you right there. It's all the F-bombs. <sighs> Yeah, it's like when I got onto Substack, I, I decided to go like a different way. I just put all of my shitty sci-fi up there. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's all I do on there. I was like, I'm going to write a little short story. It might have a few hundred words. Just get some stupid little sci-fi thing out there and just just throw it out there. You should know. I'm. St- you can tell anyone who really knows and sees me on live streams should know I'm still feeling sick because... I never wear a hoodie or any. I'm always wearing just a regular shirt and everything. But yeah, I'm still, you know, it, it wasn't last night wasn't bad. But the night before, every time I got up in the middle of the night, I was I was shivering. Uh, I was yeah. like, yeah, I was, you know, that's the worst. Oh. What also is the worst is Shannon bringing this up. So since Eric only has one ball, when y'all cough, is it better having only one testicle or two? Having a coughing attack. Is it worse than you're feeling your backing? <sighs> well, I mean, um, I don't, I, you know, it's funny. I've never coughed and like felt, uh, felt anything down there. Okay. So I don't have a hernia. <laughs> I've sneezed and, and been like, oh, wait a minute. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, coughing with just the, just the one just the one Shannon. Uh, it, it's fine. I don't, I don't feel anything down there. I have, however, sneezed so hard that I broke a rib. So that when you cough, on. when you cough, does it go sideways or front back? Front back. Oh, that's... 
Well, that's that can cause problems. You yeah, keep that clean, yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> oh man, what's the next big project? Yeah. Is that for me? <laughs> yeah, Tyler. Is this who's who's this to? Come on, ask a good question. No, just kidding. Uh, I don't know. I you know I'd really. I'd really like to do a, um, a documentary on the concept of the cathedral. Um, I, I think that would be interesting, but you know, it's also one of those things. It's like, um, is there any chance we're going to get it on anything? Right. Because there'd be too, there's just a little too much truth there. And, you know, it's not like we're going to do a limited hangout where we're going to hold stuff back. We're just going to want to, uh, put it out there, but, um, I don't know, you know, I, most of my, my ideas for big projects are just like, at this point, a big project to me is reading a, a complete book on my podcast. Right. And, you know, I mean, I'm always in the middle of doing one now, it seems like, um, the series with the cold war series with Thomas seven, seven, seven is a great series, by the uh, way. I didn't Thank know who you. that guy was until he was on your show. And I was like, oh, this guy's, this guy's great. Yeah. yeah. The World War II series. I mean, tw- I, if you would have told me at the beginning of 2022 that I'd have 23 episodes on of World War II revisionism on my podcast, I would have thought that you, you, I'd have told you you were insane. Or I would have been like, hey, that's a really good idea. Who can I do yeah. that with? Right. But, um, <laughs> And if you would have told me that I'd have been reading a book like Race War in high school. That was such an odd find because you think that like a book like that would never get written. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's like the stuff that teachers will talk in hushed tones in the break room. Well, and apparently after Saltzman wrote it, he he like disappeared and and like really stayed out of the spotlight. He died a few years ago. I really wish he would have. I would have found this earlier or. You know, he was still alive, so I could contact him and tell him, about, you know, that it's seeing such a resurgence and demanding such a high price. Uh, I think somebody is printing paperbacks of it now, but I don't think they're printing of them. Uh, I saw a paperback of it on eBay, yeah. but I, I doubt that it is sanctioned. Yeah, you know, because, an official copy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's still under copyright. But the, Kinsella uh, intentif- intensifies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But... um you know, the Cold War series I'm really looking forward to because there's going to be a lot there. And then I think that we may, we just recorded um, part two of the George Sorrell's Reflections on Violence. The episode one just dropped Monday. Episode two will drop, it'll be the first uh, episode of the coming year. Um, We may return to that every once in a while and maybe make that a um, a longer series because that's a book that it's a book I read like four years ago. Yeah, um, it was a book I read that book and I read um, um, the crowd by Gustave Le Bon um, yeah. at the same time because I was told that like um, Mussolini and Adolf and um, a bunch of people Tito I believe they were all fans of the books. So I read them a few years ago, but I've been going back through reflections on violence recently for the podcast. And I, like today, I was like, I'm going to read this this one part. It's like this five pages before Thomas and I talk today. And I literally 
got stuck on two paragraphs and I just started taking notes. Yeah. And, and some and, of those books are like that. Yeah. Yeah. I've and, noticed when I'm, when I'm reading like something that's got a heavy subject matter like that, it's like, it's going to be hard to get even to like another page. Yeah. Cause and, you just start filling up a notebook. And that's, you know, it's like, I don't want to shit on Rothbard or Mises or anything. And Mises wasn't like this, but you know, a lot of Rothbard, a lot of his theory, as far as like for a new Liberty, things like that. Right. You know, I, I breezed through those and really didn't need to take a lot of notes. There's a lot of mental notes you could take along the way, but there's just, yeah. because it's so theoretical, you know, and when you're reading, you know, someone like, like Sorrell, he's drawing so much off of history and, you know, and Rothbard does that too. When you read like yeah. the progressive era, you can't, the, the progressive era is one of those books where it's like you read two paragraphs and you're like, okay, I got to take copious notes and everything yeah. like that. But, um, you know, th this is this like real world political situations. I mean, when, you know, who, who writes a book where, you know, you're basically the subject is, when when it, when do you use violence you yeah. know, no one right no one writes books like that because it's like you can't write a book like that today because you'll get a visit from the fbi yeah you know so you know when a book like this comes along and you know thank god imperium press redid it and uh republished it because it's out of copy right now and thomas did the forward for it and then mike from imperium press did the intro for it and you really get to see <laughs> Uh -huh. Shannon's got your number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, because I, Murray Rothbard was such an, inf an inspiration for me. And um, I become more of, I, I become more of a Mises guy over the years instead of a Rothbard guy, just because I've, you know, I've abandoned anarchism completely. I just, it, I, my theory is if it's not going to happen, I don't really want to talk, talk about it. I want to stay more in the realm of, yeah. Of, of what you know what's going to happen and how we can uh, fix what's happening now um but the you know when you when you start reading books like this and you know then you start reading de maestra and you start reading um you know the whole populist delusion reading this year as well which was great to have i mean i i knew i, I knew curtis would come on to do the, uh do the section on burnham but to get um Pedro Gonzalez to come on to talk about the Gottfried. Yeah, party. he's he's another he's another great one that everyone yeah. should be fo following. You know, and to and to be able to get somebody like um, like Oren to do the the Juvenel part. Ugh, yeah. I mean, I I don't know who knows the Juvenel as well as any, you know. I don't know if anyone on the planet knows him as well. And then, of course, to get the author to come on to talk about Robert <laughs> Michels, you know, it's, that that was probably. I don't know what my, you know, when you take into consideration the World War II series and you take into consideration that series, people, other people gave me ideas and I just really ran with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I have to be thankful to other people, but I also, I guess, you know, to have the balls to do a World War II series with 23 episodes where, um, we ignore the only thing that <laughs> we don't ignore it, but you know, we don't really cover the only thing that anybody wants to talk about in World War II. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thankfully. Uh, it, Cause for me, it's like, that's all the, uh, the World War II discussion ever boils down to. 
Yeah. And you're like, it's like, oh, we're about ready to get into the subject that we can't ask any questions on or even do any kind of research into like maybe the opposite of <laughs> what some of the, some of the people have said about it. And then you're like, and if I do this and I start talking to regular people about it, they're going to look at you with like, oh, you're you're one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, and I, I think it, as much as possible, politics and religion should be um, should be separated. And since it's become a religion. Yeah. You know, yeah, sorry. So. Yeah, gotta love that civic religion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that I've actually explained it. I, I won't explain it here because YouTube probably won't like that. I have to say, but I mean, probably won't. I've I've um I've figured out a way with Owen uh, through, through text with Owen Benjamin to talk about exactly how um that thing that thing in World War Two they've used it to mirror the crucifixion of Christ. Yes, <laughs> I agree. I don't really agree with uh, Owen Benjamin on a lot, but that yeah, I'll have to I'll have to nod my head in the affirmative on that one. <laughs> oh, I agree with Owen a lot. I, I, I listen to Owen almost every day. And, um, you know, it's amazing. Everybody wants to talk about, oh, he doesn't believe in nuclear weapons. Oh, he doesn't believe in flat earth. It's amazing to me how somebody who puts out probably 30 to 40 hours of content a week how, I have to say he's he's pretty much on it every day. Yeah, he puts out about four, about thirty to forty hours of content a week on certain weeks, and most weeks those subjects don't even get touched, right? <laughs> because he's talking about other stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's got other stuff going on. <laughs> oh yeah, and, you know, and he's the one. He's the one who's doing it right. You know, it's like, oh, how do we answer all these problems? Um, get some goats and some chickens and uh, build the homestead and don't let your kids out of your sight. He said, he said something the other day that I thought was phenomenal. He said, my six-year-old son does not even know what the concept of divorce is. Yeah. And I'm not going to allow him to know until, unless he finds out on his own or something. Right. Because there's no reason for him to know what that is. Yeah. Uh, I can't really say it myself because the, I mean, the kid, my kids are going through it right now and it's like, it's one day at a time, you know, I got to sit down and talk with them about why we can't do certain things. And especially Christmas, you know, the first one since the divorce and everything for myself, that's like, okay, well, I mean, out of this, you're going to get a good deal. Cause you're going to get two Christmases. You're going to get one with her and you're going to get one with me. Yeah. You know, and you know, it's sometimes it just can't be, it yeah. can't be, you know, helped. So, but you know, he was saying that the other day, and it's just every every day he says something on his show that just makes me think, makes me think that, yeah, I will give him think that in ways that I wouldn't uh, otherwise think, you know, and and that comes from the uh, the comedian side because comedians are supposed to be holding up a mirror to society, yeah, and they're supposed to say things in a way that nobody else are ta uh, is talking about, and it's supposed to get you to think, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it goes back to the court jester, you know, the, yes. the one who could, um, you know, the one who was allowed to criticize those in charge. Yeah. And the way we know how far we've fallen is now the court jesters aren't even allowed to make fun of the ones yeah. in charge anymore. They have to, they, it's a, <laughs> on the, to the contrary, they have to support the ones in charge and they don't oh, realize yeah they don't realize just how dangerous that is. 
Yeah, especially if it's if they're telling a joke or doing a story or something and the only thought in their mind is, ooh, how am I going to phrase this that I'm going to get uh, a standing ovation at the end of this instead of a bunch of people laughing? Yeah. That's just awful. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I said that to my girlfriend before, like an hour, like like an hour and a half ago. We were talking, and I said, "I really, you know, I like my comedy. I like my comedians to demand my laughs, not my applause." Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's how it should be, but it isn't. But that's a probably a good place to leave it off. Uh, Pete, go ahead and get your grift on. Tell everybody where they can find you. What you're doing? Oh, big grift time. Um, yeah, the Pequeno show. Still sort of have a YouTube channel. I just have to watch what I say. But <laughs> my <some> o- miracle. <laughs> yeah. My Odyssey channel is up and my Odyssey channel is awesome. I even have playlists set up and everything on there. Um, nice. I started back. I started on Rumble. And so I'm backing stuff up on Rumble too now. Um, and then PeteSubstack.com. I try to put out three Substacks a week. But I also, if you subscribe to Substack, uh, my Substack, that's by me grifting $8 a month from you. Um, (laughs) I do put my early episodes up there without any commercials or anything like that. And um, I'm slowly but surely putting the whole series with Thomas 777, the World War II series up there. I think I have half the episodes up there. So you can just go there. And instead of them being numbered, starting at 720 and going to 727 and going to 734, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, that's that's great. That's Yeah, because sometimes when you're going back on the podcast feed and you're like, oh, wait, which one was he on? And it's like, oh, he's already in the 800s. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't even name. I didn't name him. I didn't name him properly. I'm doing that. I learned from that and the Cold War one now is the Cold War part one and then yada yada yeah, and everything yeah. like that. So. Good stuff. But um yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you very and oh also the documentary um over policed on Vimeo and PQS two zero two three get twenty five percent off the rental or the purchase. Yeah, there you go. And uh, that's exactly what I'm going to be doing uh, right after we get off of this. I'm going to sit there and watch it all the way through, and I might have to stop and take notes and stuff. So, But, Pete, it's always great to see you. Uh, uh, definitely looking forward to seeing you again at Childerberg and God knows where else. <laughs> but all right, man, thanks, thanks for uh, coming on. Appreciate it. All right, see you.